Today's episode is brought to you by our brand new exclusive discount code for thebeardstruggle.com. Ladies, you know that man in your life with the big, beautiful beard? Or the one trying to grow a beard, even if it's just a little stubble? Well, what you might not know is that the skin underneath all that face fur can get dried out and super itchy, causing scratching that leads to flaking, and if there's anything worse than head dandruff, it's beard dandruff. That's why we've teamed up with thebeardstruggle.com. They know what goes into having a big, glorious beard, hence the name. And they've created some of the best products in the market to help the man in your life tame those majestic chin locks and soothe the skin underneath. Be it the day and night oils, which keep the beard soft and the skin moisturized, and they smell great, by the way. Or the beard straightener that calms those extra curly face hairs and makes that beard look fuller and healthier. Kevin uses these products, and his beard has never looked, felt, or smelled better. And I I really enjoy playing with his beard now. Thebeardstruggle.com uses 100% all-natural ingredients. They never test on animals and have a 90-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to thebeardstruggle.com, all one word, or click on the link in the show notes. And don't forget to use our exclusive discount code, AUDIO15, for 15% off at checkout. That's A-U-D-I-O-1-5 for 15% off your entire order. Go now. Hey guys, just going to let you know now, this episode is plagued with a couple technical difficulties. So, deal with it. Hey, there it is. Okay. I'm well, Kevin. You didn't even what? <laughs> what? do the intro, what? you what? fucker. Okay, do the intro. Welcome to the Cliff Notes. You gotta turn your phone off. Airplane, Airplane mode. mode, otherwise we're gonna get crackled and shit off the whole time. Snap, crackle, and pop. Ooh, Rice Krispies. Ooh. Another piece of candy. Rice Krispies sound good. Anyway, I'm Kevin. I'm Stephanie. And for those of us, for, for those of us, for those of you who follow us on Twitter and Instagram, that's Dana Scully. <laughs> Did you finally share a picture of the skull I got you? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. It's Dana. Dana Scully. Okay. I was going to call him Phil, because it's a bull, but the stuff on her forehead makes her look female, so I changed it. Okay. Well, let's start off like we do every fucking show. With, uh, what does Stephanie want this week? How many do you have? Uh, just one. Just one? Well, yeah, because it's one of the books that I've been talking about for weeks that finally came out a couple days ago. The Sarah J. Moss book. Okay. A Court of Silver Flames. Okay. But I've already talked about that. That's but why I, actually... I tell you not to bring shit up three months before it comes out and then continue to talk about it until that, until it actually comes out. Because then it's like, okay, we've heard about it. We don't care anymore. No, I still care about it. Well, I you want do, it. but nobody else does because they've heard nobody. about it. They've heard they've heard about it for the past three Mo- months. Nobody knows. Okay, go. <laughs> what is your fucking book? I told you a quarter. Of That's it. So I thought you flames. said I, I thought you said you had something else. I have book news. Oh, I don't have any book news. So go ahead with your book news. Okay, so Aspen Words is a literary place that puts out a prize 
every year, and they finally announced their top five finalists for 2021. For what? For the literary prize. Okay. Uh, okay. There's three novels and two, sto- two story collections um, that they selected from a long list of 15. So, I mean, it, I guess it was a really, really tight race for all these. First off, let's talk about Aspen Words being a, a literary place. It's a, I, I that's don't... that's how you described Aspen Words, which is a literary place. What what is I don't it? I don't know what it is, but they they have uh, a literary prize every year for picking out. You know, uh, this year a thirty five thousand dollar prize that honors fiction that illuminates. This year they're honoring. Um, books that illuminate vital contemporary issues. Okay, it is a non-profit literary organization. Yeah, what I said. That is not what, but go ahead. Uh, this year's finalists span the globe covering everything from Native American land o- ownership questions to the intersections of blackness and queerness to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So, contemporary issues that people are dealing with. Uh, the first book on the list is The Night Watchman, a novel by Louise Erdrich. Okay. The second is Against the Loveless World by Susan Ab- Abulhawa. Ab- Abulhawa. 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 And then the third book is The Office of Historical Corrections by Danielle Evans. The fourth is a novella and some short stories called Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. And the fifth book is another series of short stories, If I Had Two Wings by Randall Keenan. Now, uh, The Night Watchman is a novel about a senator who tried to emancipate Native American tribes in the 1950s, and one of the men who led the fight against the so-called emancipation. Uh, the Office of Historical Corrections is about particular movements and relationships in characters' lives in a way that allows them to speak to larger issues of race, culture, and history. And then Leave the World Behind. Uh, I had to go to Amazon to get the synopsis of the book i guess you could say and it's amanda and clay head out to a remote corner of long island expecting a vacation a quiet reprieve from life in new york city quality time with their teenage son and daughter and a taste of the good life in the luxurious home they've rented for the week but a late night knock on the door breaks the spell ruth and gh are an older couple it's their house and they have arrived in a panic. They bring the news that a sudden blackout has swept the city. But in this rural area, with the TV and internet now down and no cell phone service, it's hard to know what to believe. Should Amanda and Clay trust this couple and vice versa? What happened back in New York? Is the vacation home, isolated from a civilization, a truly safe place for their families? And are they safe from one another? So, I mean... I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but out of these five books, if I were to pick one to buy for myself, it would be Leave the World Behind, because this one seems more up my alley, even though, you know, it's 
fiction and contemporary and not, you know, fantasy and sci-fi. But because this is this is something that could probably happen in real life. Okay. Um, let's. If I had two wings, is a story of a fictional territory of Tim's Creek, North Carolina, where an old man rages in his nursing home. Um, it's there's ten short stories and one book. Um, a parson beats up an adulterer. A rich man is haunted by a hog. An elderly woman turns unwitting miracle worker. I don't think we have to go over each short story yeah, that's in it. But there's humor, invented inventiveness, maturity, there's you know, history, uh dreams, prophecies, different voices, so much packed into ten different stories. And then last but not least is Against the Loveless World as Nar sits locked up in solitary confinement, she spends her days reflecting on the dramatic events that landed her in prison in a country she barely knows. She was born in Kuwait in the 70s to Palestinian refugees. She dreamed of falling in love, falling in love with the perfect man, raising children, and possibly opening her own beauty salon. Instead, the man she thinks she's she loves jilts her after a brief marriage. Her family teeters on the brink of poverty, and she's forced to prostitute herself, and the U.S. invasion of Iraq makes her a refugee, as her parents had been. After trekking through another temporary home in Jordan, she lands in Palestine, where she finally makes a home, falls in love, and her destiny unfolds under Israeli occupation. Nars subverses subversive humor and moral ambiguity will resonate with fans of my sister the serial killer and her dark contemporary struggle places her as the perfect sister to carmen maria machado's her body and other parties so basically it's a story of palestinian women and the struggles they went through and not giving up just because you're a woman with all these struggles so that would be like book number two on my choice to buy of those five finalists. But, I mean, congratulations to all those authors who made the top five. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was a hard process to to get selected. I don't. I have no idea what their selection process would be. Well, there were five judges, and I'm sure there were more than 15 people submitting their work. Well, yeah. And then to get narrowed down, because all these books were... Uh, published last year so i mean it to be narrowed down and it taking this long of a process to find out who's going to be the 2021 finalist i mean i'm sure they go in in quarters like who was the best one to come out this quarter and that quarter and then they 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 bring them all they don't look back they don't get to the end of 2020 and look back over every single book that was published. I'm sure they go little by little throughout the year and, and pick out the books that are the best throughout the year and then compile them at the end and decide which ones are the best out of those. Well, these top five were just published today. The article was just published today. Who the, the article five... was published today, but the books weren't. No, but the, yeah, yeah, that's what the I'm top saying. five finalists yeah. were published today. Yeah. But I'm saying I doubt that the books that they decide at the end of twenty of 2020 what was the best book in January? I'm sure they figure all that shit out as they go along throughout the year. Yeah. All Still, right. it's a lot of hard work to... Uh, it'd be kind of weird to submit your work and then 
I don't know. It scares me. I mean, I don't want to be scared. Maybe nervous or anxious, but not scared. Because they're they say yay or nay, if that's it. Yeah, I know. But let's go on to the books of the week. Okay, four books of the week. So we're going to start with our fiction. Actually, when I was looking at the fiction books, that book that you're wanting, the uh, um, the Sarah J. Moss one, mm-hmm. it's in the fiction section. It's not in the YA section. It is a YA book, though. But it's in the fiction section. Oh, okay. Maybe they bumped it up to adult contemporary. Maybe they did. Yeah. So our fiction book this week is The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. And this has a real interesting twist to it, is why I picked it. I'm embarrassed, still, by how long it took me to notice. Everything was right there in the open, right there in front of me, but it still took me so long to see the person I had married. It took me so long to hate him. Martine is a genetically cloned replica made of Evelyn Caldwell's award-winning research. She's patient and gentle and obedient. She's everything Evelyn swore she'd never be. And she's having an affair with Evelyn's husband. Now the cheating bastard is dead, and both Caldwell wives have a mess to clean up. Good thing Evelyn Caldwell is used to getting her hands dirty. By Tor Books, February 2021. 256 pages. Hmm. Yeah. It's the it's the uh, torrid love affair but with a pretty major twist. You're sleeping with your wife's clone. Yeah, that's... I mean, do you do a shaggy? Like... It's like multiplicity. It Mul- yeah, kind of like multiplicity. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I don't know either, because I mean, it's <laughs> you, but it's... But it's obviously a... A, a, genetically a little bit different because she's patient, gentle, and obedient, and the clone is, but the real woman isn't. Yeah, that's... It's like screwing your twin. Yeah, it's worse than... it. I mean, it's... It... Like an identical twin. I mean, that's the closest it can really get, but even then... It's still not quite. Yeah, I know. The same. It's that's so weird. I want to read it. Well, it's I believe on sale now. So uh, after we have money, after we have money, you have my permission to buy some books. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. That's how it has to work. Because if I say, well, yeah, yeah, you'll just go buy them. I'm surprised you're not trying to buy them now. I gotta rein you in because we have bills to pay. I ask for your permission to buy shit when it's, a, you know. A certain amount. A certain amount. It's just, you don't ask my permission to buy every little thing, but when you go on a book buying binge, you spend a lot of fucking money on books. So if I it have goes to over rein, 40, so then I So if I have to you. rein you in. Yeah. If it goes over 40 for one purchase, you ask me, but you don't take into account that you'll do a lot of, you know, $13, $14 purchases back-to-back throughout the week, that all adds up. (laughs) So, yes. My bad. (laughs) If you need to buy book, if you're going to buy books, yes, you have to talk to me first because you like to go a little overboard. It's it's like, I don't buy a a ton of podcasting equipment without talking to you about it. There's a few things I've wanted really bad, but I haven't bought them because... And I've told you to get them. And I've told you we don't have the money for them because I have the tedious amount of discipline. And I do not. I know. I use all my discipline 
and all my uh what am I looking what the word what word patience. Of, pa- not patience but uh self control to not buy all the equipment and comic books and all that other stuff that I that I that I really want to get and I use that all up and that's why I can't lose weight because I have no more patience and I have no more discipline so I just got to eat whatever the fuck I can because I can't do all of it sure and that is what we're going to go with Okay, then that'll be my excuse as to why I still smoke. Because all the patients... You're never going to stop smoking. Don't yes, give me that I will. No, you want your soul full of shit. Okay, next book. Next book. Okay. Our nonfiction book is Between Two Kingdoms, A Memoir of a Life Interrupted by Sulaika Juad. And yes, I looked it up. Good job. Now, in the summer after graduation, graduating from college, Sulaika Juad was preparing, as they say in commencement speeches, to enter the real world. She had fallen in love and moved to Paris to pursue her dreams of becoming a war correspondent. The real world, she found, however, would take her into a very different kind of conflict zone. It started with an itch, first on her feet, then up her leg, like a thousand invisible mosquito bites. Next came the exhaustion and the six-hour naps that only deepened her fatigue. Then a trip to the doctor, and a few weeks shy of her 23rd birthday, a diagnosis. Leukemia. Mm. With a 35% chance of survival. Just like that, the life she had imagined for herself had gone up in flames, and by the, to- by the time Juad flew home to New York, she had lost her job, her apartment, and her independence. She had spent much of the next four years in a hospital bed, fighting for her life, and chronicling the saga in a column for the New York Times. When Juad finally walked out of the cancer ward after countless, after countless rounds of chemo, clinical trial, and bone marrow transplant, she was, according to the doctors, cured. But as she would soon learn, a cure is not where the work of healing ends, it's where it begins. She had spent the past 1,500 days in desperate pursuit of one goal, to survive. And now that she's done so, she's realized that she had no idea how to live. How would she, how would she re-enter the world and live again? How could she reclaim what had been lost? Juad embarked with her new best friend, Oscar, a scruffy terrier mutt, on a 100-day... I doubt it's the same Oscar from the dog from the book from a couple weeks ago. Probably not. But that would be neat. It would. Anyway. On a 100-day, 15,000-mile road trip across country, she set out to meet some of the strangers who had written to her during her years in the hospital, a teenage girl in Florida also recovering from cancer, a teacher in California grieving the death of her son, a death row inmate in Texas who'd spent his own years confined to a room. What she learned on this trip is that the divide between sick and well is porous. That... The vast majority of us will travel back and forth between these realms throughout our lives. Between Two Kingdoms is a profound chronicle of survivorship and a fierce, tender, and inspiring exploration of what it means to be born again. From Random House Publishing, February 2021, 368 pages. That book would just make me cry. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I can see you crying. Mostly because I will never get the chance to be me again i mean 
I never say never. You never know what they're going to come up with in the future. People who there's no way to fix nerves. People, yes, maybe not right now, but that doesn't mean that in twenty, thirty years they're not going to figure. So they're always figuring things out. I will be sixty and will have no need to. Hey, we're going to be going when we're in our sixties. Kids are going to be out of the house. We're going to have money. We're going to we're traveling. So don't be saying that you have no use for it. In six, plenty of sixty-year-olds out there just living it up. Plenty of them. You don't know what's going to come in ten, twenty, thirty years. You have no yeah, idea. Yeah, but I'd rather enjoy my thirties. Well, I understand. I already that. fucked up my twenties because I, of this shit. I understand that, but you, you know, you can't just say it'll never happen because you don't know. You don't know. It came. It, it, even even your neurologist said that. It, it, it came for no reason. It it could leave for no reason. We don't know. We have no idea what's it's going on. It's not going to leave if my nerves are damaged already. Mm, we, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I doubt it's just going to pop and I have... off and leave. But you don't know what they might come up with. And think, the... think of all the things that are that we say that we would never be able to do 10 years ago that we're doing. And they can't even diagnose my muscle spasms. Okay. That doesn't mean anything right now. It does. No, it doesn't. It's, it's never going to get better. You don't know that. I do know it. No, you don't. My neurologist said I'm going to be disabled for the rest of my life. As far as we know now. You don't know what's coming in however many years. People have... Medicine has helped people who thought that they could never be helped. Look at all the people that survived things that would have never survived them 20 years ago. So I have to wait till I'm old to get help. Maybe. But... It's better late than never. Okay. Never know what might happen. I had meningitis when I was a teenager. If I'd have got that when I was a baby, I'd have been dead. There'd been no saving me. But when I'm, you know, when I was 17 and I got it, I survived. And if they would have found the hole in my heart when uh, when I was a baby, when I was born, they would have had to do huge open heart surgery, and there's a good chance I wouldn't have survived. But... Because I lived with it for as long as I did when they finally did find it. They were able to do a very simple procedure to fix it without having to cut me open. Just put a little needle in my, you know, down by my groin and run it up through the the vein. Put out a little double-side mesh umbrella. Boom. Fixed. I was out of the hospital in like two days. You never know what's going to happen. So don't say never. Just say not right now. Not likely. Right now. I don't know. I do know. Usually, I'm the pessimist. I know. But when it comes to this shit and me being the one living with it, I know. it's it, There's no cure for it. There's no miracle going to no happen. No cure for a lot of stuff. That doesn't mean people don't live with... Pe- people's lives can't get better because of other things. You never know. I know my... If I can't stand long enough to do fucking dishes... They might just... Top of your head... Take your brain out, put it in a machine. Then you can jump around, do whatever the fuck you want. It'd be like Futurama. They just take your head off. You'd be like, uh, you'd be like Nixon and Spiro Agnew's body. Just put it on top. of You're just walking around. There we go. That would. Be or fun. take your brain out, put it in, put it in the belly of a. You can be Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in his big, uh, in his big body no, suit. No, because he he looked like that one chick from. Um, Here comes Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have a model the body a little bit better than that, maybe. Yeah. Okay, for our children's book this week is How to Spot a Mom by Donna Amy Bahat 
and Aura Lewis. A-U-R-A. Aura? Yeah. Yeah. This warm and witty celebration of moms is the perfect gift to share on Mother's Day. How to Spot a Mom is a tongue-in-cheek tribute to and ode to all moms everywhere. Young readers and parents alike can learn all about moms from what they are, superhumans, to some of the special skills they have, she's flexing, including detecting fibs, I am so, good. solving mysteries, so good at that, and conflict resolution. Haven't gotten quite there yet because these kids constantly in conflict. I've, it's g- like, I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, if they're if they're fighting, I'm just like, shut the fuck up and get away from each it's other. It's like North and South Korea, <laughs> <laughs> but I know exactly. Between all of our six kids, I know exactly when each and every one of them is lying. Pretty I know much. all their tells. Um, I can tell, like, when someone's hiding something. I I know exactly what they're going to say before they say it. Okay, well, let me get started. This beautiful illustrated book is the perfect spotter's guide to moms. You'll discover that all moms are unique, and you'll meet many different types of moms, from the outdoorsy mom who loves fresh air and the chatty mom, who always has a story, to the rebel mom, who never reads the instructions. You may spot yourself or your own mom on the pages, too. Want to hear some snippets? I mean, if you want to read one. Sure. I'm the smart-ass mom. You are. So they have the uh, the chatty mom. Now they have tips for children of chatty moms. And it says mums. She's from London. Or but... she's from the UK. But I'm guessing it's London because when I pulled it up, it brought up a thing for London. Um, tips for Ched- tips for children of Chetty Mums. That was horrible. I know. Uh, one, create a diversion. Two, offer her a chewy sweet. <laughs> Three, laugh at strange parts of her conversation so, sh- so that she has to take you aside and check if you're okay. Four, tell her you've organized a sponsored silence. And five, give up and ask for some earmuffs. Now we have uh, the online mom search history, which uh, they have a couple videos. It's how to teach your grandparents to video call. Uh, Babies eating lemons for the first time. Those are cute videos. Yes, I I, I Uh, like those. How to remove baby sick stains. Otters holding hands asleep. Oh, it's because they don't want to float away from each other. Is my child a genius? No. How much sleep can humans survive on? <laughs> you can go up to almost nearly 10 days without sleep before you can die from lack of sleep. But you start going crazy long before that. Yes. Yeah. They have the boss mom. The boss mom is always in charge. Only those who are feeling extra brave question her instructions. She may seem a little strict, but she only wants what's best for her family. She's a big believer in consequences. If you want to learn the saxophone, she'll let you on one condition. No quitting. Natural habitat, the head of the table. Likes, tough love. Dislikes, rebellion. How to spot? She's always the leader from the family meeting to the conga line. Then they have the zen mom. I'm kind of a boss mom sometimes. For this laid-back mom, everything that will be... Will be. She believes there isn't much that can't be worked out after a long handstand and a cup of herbal tea. This mom sees herself as a guide for her children rather than a leader and loves to watch them make their own choices. She likes to keep up with her love. She likes to keep her loved ones close with a sling for the small ones and a warm embrace for the larger ones. Natural habitat, sitting on a mat, quietly meditating. That's kind of like me too. Likes, 
eco-friendly tote bags, and natural remedies. Dislikes? Busy supermarkets. How to spot? In her house, shoes are optional. Yeah. Yeah, that's me too. So that's the little snippet that uh, I was able to get off Google Books. That's kind of cute. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. It'd be a nice book to get a mom for Mother's Day. Yeah, sit down and read it with the kid. Yeah. So that is from Wide Eye Editions Publishing, February 2021. 32 pages, ages 5 to 8. Aw, so cute. And for our YA novel this week, we have The Famix. It's famous, but instead of an S, it's an X. It's still pronounced famous. No, it's not, because I went to her, by Cassandra Tate, I went to her website, and she has a little YouTube, a little video of where she's describing it, and she pronounces it Famix. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for proving me wrong. I like to learn new stuff well, every you know day. what? That's how I spend my day. You Proving. rarely <laughs> prove me wrong, but kudos for trying. <laughs> I do it literally all the time. No, you don't. Fame can be deadly. Out of the wreckage of environmental collapse, the country of Delicatum emerged. Its most popular celebrities are the Famix. Uniquely beautiful stars of a reality TV show called The Fishbowl. In a world still recovering from catastrophe, they provide a 24-7 distraction. 16-year-old Emily Lawrence is obsessed with the Phoenix. They provide a refuge from her troubled home life and the bullies at school. When she receives an unimaginable offer to become a member herself, she takes it. Leaving behind everything she's ever known, Emily enters a world of high glamour and even higher stakes. Because behind their perfect image lies an ugly truth. An an anonymous stalker has been dictating the Famix's every move, and being popular really is a matter of life or death. From Wattapad Books, it is already out now, 400 pages, ages 14 and up. Now, you want to know about Cassandra Tate. So, apparently, she started writing, like... So, I I guess this thing called Wattpad. Yeah, they're... it's is like she, a blog type thing, and you can write fanfics. and you can write short stories and stuff like that. That's where she posts. And she, apparently, she had like I don't know, I, I might be overstretching this, but like four million reads or something like that. So she just started building this world from this, and that's pretty much where she got the uh, components for this story. If if I'm if I'm remembering what I read, read yeah, one. a lot of a lot of authors use Wattpad. Because you can share with each other, you can get notes from other authors, um, you can share from Wattpad to Kindle to publish directly. Uh, I think you can do that with Amazon as well. I may be mistaken. Uh, a lot of fanficers use Wattpad. A lot of them use like AO3s uh, and shit like that. But yeah, I've heard of Wattpad. Because of uh, people doing Dramini fix, uh, Drary fix, which is Draco and Harry, Draco and Hermione. Yeah. A lot of Harry Potter uh, shipping fanfics. Yeah, I didn't know they were like a publishing company, but I I knew they published like short stories on their, uh, you know, for authors to share and shit. Yeah. And um, fanfic and stuff like that, but I didn't know they actually were a legit publishing company for books 
Well, she has a, a Simon and Schuster page. It might, I, I don't, they might, I'm sure that they're probably owned or had gotten bought by one of the, you know, big five. So they have their fingers in damn near everything. Yeah. It's cool. But good for her. Yeah. Good I job. Mean, that's, I mean, I think that's, that's most people's dream is just to start doing something you love just for the fuck of it. And all of a sudden you have a bunch of fans and now you're doing it professionally and hopefully make a living out of it yeah i mean that's what i think that's what that, that's what we would love for it to happen just start this thing just for the fuck of it and next thing you know we have you know listeners and money but oh well we started it because we you wanted to and you wanted me to co-host so here yeah. we are well i want you to do everything with me i love doing anything with you okay you gotta get all cheesy shut the fuck up give everybody our socials because that's all i got <sighs> On Twitter and Instagram, we are at open a f i n g book. I am at e c j b a t, and Kevin is at young e t a m on Twitter and no young e t a m six on Twitter and young e t a m on Instagram. There you go. Shut the fuck up. Cats and dogs fighting. Paula, leave my girl alone. <laughs> Email is open up. OpenAFingBook at gmail.com. If there's any books or authors you want us to cover. Um, we'll have some news as far as the authors go uh, on our next episode, on our Monday episode. We'll have some news. Um, Stephanie Goodreads. Goodreads.com slash OpenAFING book and Goodreads.com slash ECJBAT. <laughs> I just bit my tongue. You have to, when you go to her Goodreads, make sure that you put the burp in, uh, uh, put the asterisks around no, it. No, don't. Don't be a dick. Go to Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash book for We Stop Stickers and uh, donate. And we still really want to go to Corsica, if you can help us out there. <laughs> um, if a monthly commitment's too much for you, then you can buy us coffee. Buy us a buymeacoffee.com slash book. Um, you can buy us one or two or three, however many you want. It's just a, it's a one-time thing. So it's not a, you know, a big monthly commitment. Uh, I'm still working on merch. We were going through the titles of some of our episodes. It's like, God damn, we have some good titles. So we're going to come up with, with some merch to put up. Say, I know you want to say it. Just fucking say it. Oh, I forgot. I've got the biscuits. Okay. Uh, come back for our Monday show. It's our third episode of James Baldwin. Write and review us wherever you listen. Follow, subscribe, all that good shit. Go to your local library, volunteer. If they let you go to your local bookstore, buy a book from a local independent author. It's the best thing you can do to help them out right now. If you can't get to a local bookstore, a lot of local bookstores have websites. Go to their website. Go to, like, Indiegogo. Go, go, any of... any. Just Google it. Yeah. It, look for an independent bookstore to buy a book from if it's possible. Otherwise, you get it from Amazon. At least the author still gets some money. Uh, looked at it our show notes we'll have links to all the books and all the authors that we talked about today so if you want to buy one or you want to you know tweet or message one of the authors it's you know there for you and that's it that's that's all i got that's just end end right there at the very end end Oh, you're telling me to do? Oh, okay. So take care of yourselves and take care of one another. Between now and the time we get to talk to you again, do yourself a favor. Go open a fucking book. All right, we'll see you. Bye, guys.
bodysuit. No, because he, he looked like that one chick from um, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> 